Please turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7, we are starting a series that I am calling Right and Wrong Judgment. Okay, we, we talked about right and wrong thinking, now we're going to talk about right and wrong judgment. Um, this is for anyone and everyone that needs to, I guess, sharpen up on mercy, okay, and uh, things not to do. It is something that we are going to need as we grow, because, uh, you know, one of the problems that we have is we, we get used to what we're used to. You know, we, we just, we're, we're happy with the way things are. And, uh, you know, when anything new comes in, it's different to us, different to what we're used to. <laughs> Who knows what I'm talking about? And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm just thinking as we're moving forward, because I, I'm feeling a real sense from God that things are changing and, and uh, you know, about to change more and more as we move forward now. Um, and uh, that, you know, God needs to bring some people in here that need this word. Uh, and we need to welcome them. And we need to love them, and we need to not judge them, and <laughs> all those lovely things. So, <laughs> let's begin reading in Matthew chapter 7, and in verse 1. Jesus begins there. He, just to give you some context, he has just finished in Matthew chapter 6, talking about the life that really pleases God, doing everything with the right heart and the right motive. Okay, so that's the chapter previous to this. And now he comes to this, this chapter, and what we're looking at is what God expects from us now uh, when it comes to living in harmony with each other. Okay, and so he says, the first thing he says is, judge not that you be not judged. He says, judge not that you be not judged. Okay, he says, verse 2, For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. So depending on how much. We'll talk about all of this in detail. All right? Luke's gospel has a parallel verse. Um, in Luke chapter 6 and verse 37. He says that, and you know, remember again that Matthew wrote to the Jews, and um, Luke wrote to the Gentiles. Um, What's important to understand here is that Matthew comes from a place where, you know, people have an idea of what God is like, and they have some sense of the Word of God and the things that God has said. With Luke, he's looking at the Gentiles and thinking, you guys probably don't know any of this stuff, so I'm going to talk to you in, you know, in a way that is very plain and in a way that you'll understand. And so when we read Luke's account, whenever you're reading Luke's account, that's where he is coming from. I also love Luke because he includes as many men as he does women in his examples. You know, and I just think that is tremendous. And that's a very Gentile thing too because of Jewish, you know, they, they kind of, women were not a thing. Okay, sad, but it's true. Uh, so we, that's the reason why I'm, I'm sort of looking at both of these uh, versions. So let's go to Luke chapter 6. And let me read from verse 37. We're going to actually be looking at <clears throat> these two. Um, <laughs> we're going to be looking at this verse of Scripture in particular with regard to Matthew 7.1 because it gives us a bit more insight. So in Luke chapter 6 and verse 37, he says, Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Then he says, Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, 
and you will be forgiven. I really love the brevity of that. <laughs> okay? He says, number one, don't judge. Number two, don't condemn. Number three, forgive. Okay? <laughs> All right? So, <clears throat> let's go and have a look at this. Now, there is a kind of judgment that involves a, a, a certain kind of condemnation that is actually godly. In, in, we find this in, in John chapter 8. This is very, extremely rare. Don't, you know, I, I know people, you know, they want to pick the one time somebody does something and go, well, if they did it once, I can do it all the time. No, no, no. They did it once, once, one, one time, one. Okay, so don't do it all the time. But I, w- I, want you to, I want you to see something here because I want to teach this in balance. Okay, all right. So here we see Jesus exercising a certain kind of judgment uh, on the religious Jewish leaders. And the reason was they were plotting his murder. They weren't repenting. And, you know, the, the very thing that they were meant to be doing was welcoming their Messiah. The very thing that they were meant to be doing, they weren't doing. And in, they were doing the exact opposite. All right? And so he gets to the place that he's been, he'd been dealing with them and dealing with them and dealing with them. And he just, he, that was the end. <laughs> okay? He just called a spade a spade. And in John 8, 44, he says, you are of, of your father the devil. Right. To religious leaders? <laughs> and he says, the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning. See, see why? Because they want to murder him. They were literally plotting his murder. And he says, and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. And that was a warning to them as well. In other words, he was saying, I know what you are doing. You better repent, or this is not going to end well for you. Are you all with me? Amen? So this was, this was one of those very rare cases. Say rare. Doesn't matter. Okay, it's rare, rare, okay? Where, where you know, you, you sort of, he was dealing with the sort of person that we would just call the worst of the worst. Totally unrepentant eager to be demonically influenced kind of person. Are you all with me? Okay, not everybody and your mother-in-law is like that, okay? All right, okay, now back to, okay. Having said that, (laughs) for everyone else, (laughs) we need to know the difference between right and wrong judgment. And also when to and when not to judge, all right? Let's get started. Robert H. Mounts explains that human nature encourages us to pay far more attention to the shortcomings of others than to our own faults. And it stopped there for a minute. Okay, our human nature does that. You know, we're always, we have this, I don't know, it's built in. Everybody needs to look after us. For some reason, we don't need to look after anybody. They need to look after us. And we get mad when they don't look after us. I mean, <laughs> let, let me continue reading. He says, he continues, he says, we tend to evaluate others on the basis of a lofty, that's a very high standard, of righteousness that somehow is not applicable to our own performance. (laughs) Jesus says in the literal text, do not judge. Cease what you are doing now. Stop criticizing others. All right, let's stop here for a minute. Let's let, let this percolate a little bit. Um, <laughs> one of the things that we do, and I, I really, I guess we need to see this. You know, we look at the way we get hurt over things. And if we're hurting, then we want to pass judgment over whoever is hurting us. 
it doesn't matter if we hurt somebody else. Oh, they'll forgive us. They know we were having a bad day. That's how we, you know, that's how we get away with it. But bless God, they better not have a bad day. They better never have a bad day when it comes to us. They better be good all the time. What is wrong with you? Aren't you a Christian? Don't you believe Jesus? <laughs> Come on. I'm, can anybody relate to this? You know, and uh, you know, it's bad when you're at the other end of that. When they're looking at you and they're pointing the finger at you and accusing you of all of these things. Somehow they think they are, you know, they don't need to be that way, but you do. That's why I think a lot of people don't want to tell people they're Christians. Because suddenly, you know, people expect you to be perfect. I think it's really interesting. Somebody said this and I thought, wow, that's a really keen observation. They said, isn't it funny that, you know, the church goes after people that are sinners. You know, they know they're sinners. They know they're doing things wrong. They get them saved and suddenly they have to be saints. And they better not do anything wrong. And they better get everything right just because they're a Christian. Hello. And that's why some people just want to say nothing. Because you know, they don't want to be put in that place where everybody suddenly expects, can I just say this? You know, we all come into the, into the body at different times. And there's some of us are running around in nappies. And we have tantrums all the time and we tell people off all the time. And people go, you're a Christian. Yeah, I just got in. And they spit the dummy at them. It's like, what? <laughs> you know? And then some other mature Christian goes, oh, no. You know, don't tell him you're a Christian, please. You know? <laughs> We're already having enough trouble. All right? But see, this is the thing that it, it just seems that there's this place of black and white. You know, you're black on this side and you have to be totally white on this side. You know, if that was the case, we won't need First John 1 John 1.9 if we confess our sins. And, you know, the Apostle John didn't need to say we. He should have said if you because I'm perfect. <laughs> I mean, this is the Apostle that nobody could kill. Are you all with me? But he said, I love it that he includes himself. And he says if we confess our sins. Can I just say this? Look, we are all on a journey. We all need to get there. And some of us, you know, it's a very slow journey, okay? Others are a little bit quicker, but we're all on a journey. And this isn't a destination, so to speak. This is a lifestyle. We're going to have a good day, and then we're going to have a bad day, and we're going to surprise ourselves on both sides. Some days we'll surprise ourselves that we did so well, and other days we'll surprise ourselves how badly we did. And I thought I was over that until the guy cut you off on the road. And then <laughs> you know, the dead man arises. <laughs> and it says things it shouldn't say. And it thinks things it shouldn't think. And you want to have God strike that person down. Take him out, Lord. They're unsafe. Of course, I never make mistakes. And if I do, you know you forgive me. Hello. Okay. <laughs> I, I should move on. All right. <laughs> Obviously, this, you know, this was as much a problem back then as it was today. Leon Morris writes this. He says, Jesus points to a bad habit, all two uh, characteristics of the human race. He says, and instructs his followers not to be hasty in making negative judgments on their fellows. It is a dangerous procedure 
because it invites a sim similar judgment in return. Now, you know, if for no other reason, don't judge so you don't get judged. That's why Jesus says, judge not that you be not judged. Do you understand? We need to see the other side because we think, oh, but I want to judge. I want to talk about them. I want to have a goss. Okay? <laughs> you know, because we just, I don't know what it is. It's our flesh. We just like to revel in it. And did you hear about so-and-so? Did you, be, can you believe that they did something like that? I mean, they call themselves a Christian. Now I'm looking at you. Hello. And we just go to town and we go online to check to see who's done wrong. You know, what church went down this week? Hmm. <laughs> you know, and, and we just, we're just looking for things. It's a fleshy thing, okay? And we need to identify it as that. And we need to understand that if you see something wrong, it's not for you to go gossip over it. It's for you to pray about. It's for you to go to God and say, God, obviously they're doing things wrong. Or obviously, and I'm, we're going to talk about the right judgment. Because there are places where you need to make certain judgments. In, in that, you need to know what to pray. You know, the wrong thing to pray if somebody is doing something wrong and something bad has happened is, oh, God bless them. It, you can't pray that. What you need to pray is, God, open their eyes. Let them see what they're doing wrong. Because obviously they're hurting someone. Obviously they're doing something wrong. Are you all with me? And they need to open their eyes. They need to repent. Because when they do that, then they'll open the door for God to come in and help them. But as long as they're, you know, they believe that they're right and there's nothing to repent about, well, they're going to stay in the devil's territory and going to leave the door wide open for him to come and attack him whenever he wants. And then they'll have this, you know, <laughs> it amazes me how people like that kind of go, oh, I don't know why this went wrong. Everybody else knows why. <laughs> Come on now. Okay. What is it about ourselves that causes us to be blind about all of our shortcomings? What is it, what, what is it about ourselves that has such a keen view of everybody else's shortcomings that we can pick them out at, you know, 10 miles, man? We can, yeah, we know that one. But we don't look in the mirror and see the man in the mirror. The woman in the mirror. The one that we should really be judging. And everybody else be forgiving. Amen? Yeah, but you don't know what they did to me. Is somebody thinking that before I move on? <laughs> Listen. You are doing this to close the door on the devil so he doesn't mess your life up. You are not giving them the right to continue doing the wrong thing. You are stopping the devil from getting involved in your affairs. Do you understand? You, the, the reason God tells you to do these things is not to allow people to get away with things because people always have that thought in their mind. They always think, oh, well, you know, if I let him go, hey, hey, that's not, that's not what you pray. I told you, you pray that, they open their, that God opens their eyes, that they repent of this. Because there is a scripture in Galatians that says, whatever you sow, you will reap. And you look at that and you think, sweetheart, you are sowing a very, very bad, you're going to get a very bad harvest out of the seeds you're sowing. These are bad seeds. 
need to dig them up, <laughs> okay? Because they will grow and they will bring you 30, 60, 100 fold. Hello, <laughs> okay? This thing works both ways. You, you, you plant mercy and you will get 30, 60, and 100 fold mercy back on you. Are you all with me? You know, always, always look for the reason why it's okay for them to have done the wrong thing, no matter how much it hurt you. Do you hear what I'm saying? And you pray from that point. And you say, God, you know, <laughs> I, I, I know, uh, you know, not long ago, uh, there was a certain situation um, that, was, that involved, uh, you know, finances and so on, and, you know, a, a particular person needing to do something. And, you know, we, I, as I was praying over it, the, the Lord said to me, that person is trying to do the right thing, they just don't know how. And the people that I was talking to that were looking after all of this, you know, they were saying, what do you want us to do? And I said, do you know what? Leave them alone. It's okay. I'm sure they're probably having trouble doing all the right things. It's something new and they, maybe they don't know what to do. And they replied back about a week later and said, you were exactly right. Isn't that interesting? They said they were trying to do the right thing. They just didn't know how. See? I, we could have made a big deal out of things like that. I, 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 you know, money is a thing. Everybody gets so clutchy with it. And so, uh, I, don't know what, I, I don't know how to say this, but we have issues. Lots and lots of issues. <laughs> you know? and we just need to, I, I've said this before. I don't know why. I'm, let, let me just get on this and get off of this, okay? Just, let me just take a second here now that I've jumped into this pond. Um, you know, we need to live generous lives. Not just give, I mean live generous lives. That's what allows us to be merciful. Did you get what I said? If you are used to giving, then you will give, you know, you won't judge people. You will give them benefit of the doubt. You will show mercy. It's all built in. It's a lifestyle. Whatever God asks us to do is to do with a lifestyle, not a thing to do. It's not a law. It's a life. Do, do you get it? See, this is the reason why Jesus said, you know, about the religious leaders back in his time, when he said, do as they say, but not as they do. Because they saw everything as law. And they said, oh, you better do this, you better do that. And they couldn't themselves do it. So they go do something else. Something else very bad. <laughs> Some of the stuff that they were into, dear God, you know, they need to get saved. But I, I need you to, I need you, I guess I need you to understand something here. Is that these, this is a lifestyle. Being non-judgmental is a lifestyle. It isn't just something I'm going to tell you now, you better not do this. If you're, if you're getting that, then I'm, I'm, I'm getting this wrong. Okay, this is about you changing the way you see things, the way you approach things. Amen? All right, so. It's wrong, it's. OCD is going nuts here. Okay. So <laughs> All right. So let's, let's continue. So that's why I said here, it, it is dangerous. It's a dangerous procedure because it invites a similar judgment in return. In other words, if we are negative, harsh, and critical with our judgment against others, we will generally find that they will return the favor and be quick to do the same to us. Hello. And why Jesus says, cease what you are doing right now. Amen? He just says, stop, just stop it, is the way we would say it. <laughs> All right? See, 
It's a funny thing that I, I experienced this when I was out in the workforce, you know, that however you treat people, they will treat you back. If you look for every time they make a mistake to judge them, to criticize them, to point things out to them, you'll find that they'll be looking for opportunity to do the same with you. Also, if you forgive them, it's a funny thing. How regardless of what you do, they'll kind of go, don't worry about it. While somebody else did the same thing and got told off or got their head bitten off. And they look at you and go, how come they're nice to you and not to me? Look in the mirror. <laughs> okay? And th- um, this has literally happened. Literally. And, you know, uh, th- this, you know this, this isn't just kind of religious things. The- this is reality. This is how this actually works. And that's what I'm trying to do is help you guys to live lives that, will, that are a blessing to you and everyone else. Amen? Hallelujah. It will take effort on your part. I've said if we decide not to be this way, then they in return will generally be slow to judge and condemn us. That is, if we don't criticize, then they'll do the same with us. They won't criticize us. And, uh, you know, I, it, it's just, it's a matter of the heart. What you want is to take people from their head to their heart. In the head, you'll pick things out. In the heart, you'll go, oh, forget about it. That's why, you know, especially when people are first dating and stuff, and it should be for the rest of their lives, okay, by the way, all right, you know, they'll forgive all kinds of things. I mean, the per- they're, they're, you know, their partner could do something like everybody else goes, wow, and they'll go, nah, it's okay, don't worry about it. You would have been one of those people that went, wow, if you didn't love him so much. It's a funny thing, you know, when your heart is attached and involved, it, you forgive people of all kinds of things. You'll overlook all kinds of things. It saddens me after people get married, suddenly all those things become a problem. What happened before? Why didn't you see it before? And whatever, <laughs> whatever glasses you had on before, put them back on. I don't need you in my office right now. No, <laughs> no it's, you know, it, it's amazing how people do stuff like that. Listen, man, if it was okay before, it's okay after. If it's not okay before, then not, don't let it be okay before. Amen? Don't go into, you know, this isn't marriage, but let me just say this anyway. Don't go into a relationship saying, oh, they'll change. Assume that they are going to stay exactly the same and any changes will be A+. plus. Because guess what? They're going to look to you to change. Are you ready to change? Isn't it funny how we always said they'll change? What about you? Not about marriage, moving on. Okay. All right, all right. <laughs> Additionally, uh, Leon Morris points out that the person who judges others invites the judgment of God upon himself. Did you hear that? Now, this is not about other people judging you. Now, God judging you. All right? The Apostle James confirms this <clears throat> when he says in James chapter 2 and verse 13, uh, listen carefully to this. I've, I've taken this from the New American Standard Bible. All right, I don't know if we've got that. But listen to what it says, because it does it such, it's does such a good job of translating this verse. It says, For judgment will be merciless to one who has shown no mercy. Judgment will be merciless to the person that has shown no mercy. 
but he says mercy triumphs over judgment. There's something very interesting in this verse. We find something here that if ever you, you know, when you are merciful, you open the door for God's mercy so that if, even if you do the most horrendous thing, which you shouldn't, but even if you do something, because you've been merciful, that mercy overrules the judgment. That's what this is saying. So you know how people, you know, Old Testament people, you know, they go, oh, God's judgment. Why haven't you been showing any mercy? Because if <laughs> you want to get that stuff, if you're that way, but if you're merciful, watch, it says that his mercy will overrule his judgment. I, I just read it. It says triumphs over judgment. It means it wins every single time. Amen? And so we want to live those lives. I think, well, I don't know about you, but I want to live that kind of life. I want God's, you know, mercy to always over, you know, triumph over his judgment. No matter what, and I know I'm not perfect. I know that it's a bit of a letdown for all of you guys, but that's the truth. Just because I stand back here doesn't mean I'm perfect. In fact, you know, as somebody once said, you guys get to hear this once. I get to hear it all the time. When I'm preaching it the whole week, you know, a whole month or however long it takes, because I have to live in this. And praise God, you know, to me, I enjoy this. That's why, I, you know, anyway, uh, we, need to, we need to invite this into our hearts, and we need to receive this, and we need to walk in this. Amen? I will give you enough information, I hope, that will help you to do this correctly. All right? Because there are some things that you need to, there are things you need to judge. But I really want you to understand that whenever you judge, make sure that you're doing it right so that it's not going to come back on you. Are you all with me? Okay. All right. So, <clears throat> I've said here, this does not mean that we are to be blind to what others are doing to us, but that we are righteous and generous in our response and reaction to them. Always willing to give them the benefit of the doubt. And why Jesus concludes in Luke 6.37 by saying, Forgive and you will be forgiven. I want you to notice he says, If you forgive, you'll be forgiven. If you show mercy, you'll be shown mercy. If you show judgment, you'll be judged. Can you see all of these things? You really need to. And he says, if you don't condemn, you won't be condemned. I really need you to see all of these things together. Okay, this, this whole thing is, is all a lifestyle that you need to enter into and not be something that you go, now, what did pastor say? Oh, yeah, don't judge. <laughs> okay? I, I don't want you to have to do that. All right? This is something that you just, in your heart, you just do. In your heart, somebody does something, and you will get used to doing this. Once you do it a couple of times, you'll get used to it. You know, now I look at people, and you know, just as, just as I'm about to get angry over something, I'll, I'll remember that I don't want God to judge me for when I make a dumb mistake. And so I'll just say, sorry, Lord. <laughs> First thing I do is I repent. For something somebody else did to me that I got mad over. Did you get that? Okay, that's the first step. I go, sorry I got angry to begin with. Now, Lord, <laughs> you know, help them, forgive them, open their eyes, whatever, whatever. You know, I just pray because I'm coming from a place of forgiveness now. Because there was a time 
Shame on me. But <laughs> you know, let's, just, let's just air it all out, shall we? You know, <laughs> there was a time <clears throat> when people did something wrong to me. And I'll say, get them, God. Let them really regret what they did. Make everything around them fail. Sweetheart, wasn't I? Oh, what a darling pastor. You know, <laughs> you know because, because I, you know, I, I was taught something that wasn't right. I was taught by some preachers that were boohooing and that were like, oh, poor old me. And my congregation lets me down and they don't do all the things they're meant to do. And I'm just here doing ministry by myself. And when they're up there teaching you stuff, you kind of take stuff on. And then you do the same thing. And I'm here now. And I'm, you know. And it was like, God's like, hello, excuse me? Anybody at home? That won't work. He said, the only person you expect anything from is yourself. He said, if you do what I've asked you to do, that's all you are responsible for. Everybody else is responsible for what I ask them to do, not what you ask them to do. You open doors of opportunity for them, but it's up to them to walk through it. And it's up to them to do it as unto me, not as unto you. Amen. And you know why that's so important? Because when you realize that I'm not perfect, da, 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 okay, you might think, I don't know if I want to work for that dude. You know, he's, a, he's just as bad as me, worse even. You know, okay? And that'll be the end of that. Hey, if you're working for the Lord, he will never let you down. And then he will reward you for everything you do. You won't have to look to me to reward you. He will reward you. And don't ever, you know, don't ever miss out on seeing that. Don't ever, you know, how can I say this? I, a lot of people kind of think, oh, well, I did something over here, and they don't understand the, the relevance of the blessing that they received somewhere else because of what they did here. They just think, oh, I, I'm just so lucky I got this. It's like, no, 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 you need to see your whole life as a sowing and reaping. As whatever you, see, if you do it as unto the Lord, then as much as you're doing this as unto the Lord, you will receive this as from the Lord. And then you start making connections to things. Because the devil wants, to, what the devil wants to do is compartmentalize everything. He wants you to think that you're doing work over here and you should be paid over here. And if you're not getting paid over here, well, I'm not going to do work over here. And then suddenly they're going, how come this isn't working anymore? And we don't realize it's kind of like a fan in a room that's plugged over here. You pull the plug on this and that won't work. This is what's causing that to work. But we have this bad habit of thinking, it's us. We're so amazing. That's why we read you the verse, you know, what was that verse? All right. Yeah, it says, you know, in Deuteronomy 8.17, Do not say to yourself, my power and the might of my own hand have got me this wealth. That's how they think. They think, well, you know, I'm doing stuff and I'm getting blessed. That's enough. This stuff over here isn't working for me. And, and, and it, 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 I've seen this over and over again, how things will start to spiral. Because we're judging. 
I haven't left my topic. Okay, <laughs> trying to give you some, some, some things that will help you here. Because we're judging. This is what it says. Don't judge. You didn't think that was judgment, did you? That's judgment. You are judging something and saying, this is not working for me. That's a judgment. That's an unrighteous judgment. That is you, you know, you sort of, instead of being merciful. And this is what I have found. I have found when there's no reason to do something, do something. Because that translates to when there's no reason for somebody to give you a promotion, they'll give one to you. When there's no reason for them to give you a raise, they'll give it to you. And they won't even know why. Do you know why? Because you did something over here. You planted something here. You did the right thing. You were merciful. And then they showed mercy. Are you all getting this? That's why Jesus says, don't judge. Are you getting this now? This is a, I told you, this isn't about just, oh, you know, speaking badly and stuff. This is about your whole life. How are you living your life? Are you somebody that's pleasant to be around? Or are you always criticizing? People don't feel safe around people like that. Hello. If you are, if you are generous of heart and generous of spirit, if you're always willing to give people the benefit of the doubt, people will flock around you because they're looking for that. That's a healing to them. That's different to what they're used to. You all here? You keep a cheerful attitude because you're not judging. Do you know when you judge, you get bad attitudes? I'm just telling you, that's how this works. I'll give you more information, but not today, okay? Because I'm done to one minute, can you believe? Okay, but <laughs> let me just say this, you know, the more you open the door for God to bless you, the more that you do all the right things by Him, the more that you will receive from Him, and He will take care of whatever wrong has been done to you without you having to say anything. I am giving you something here. Let me finish with this. I'm giving you something here that will cause you to be happy, to be prosperous, to be blessed, and to be a blessing. That's what we're talking about. Amen? That's why you come to church. You need to know this stuff. You know, I, I, I really wish people told me this a long time ago. My life would be so different right now. I mean, it's, I'm, it's praise God the way it is. But, you know, I, there was a lot of bumps along the way, okay? Didn't need to go through all of that stuff. Because of wrong thinking. Hallelujah. And that's the reason why, you know, I always pray that your minds are renewed. Because that's what transforms your life. Amen? All right. Let's leave it there today and we'll pick up on this next week. Father, we thank you today for your word and we thank you, Father, for this insight. I thank you for each and every individual that is hearing the sound of my voice that they are receiving this. And Father, I thank you that you help them. This is where we need your wisdom. We need you to talk to us, Lord. Hallelujah. And I just thank you, Father, that each and every individual here hears your voice clearly. I thank you that this is the beginning of something wonderful in their life. Something, Father, that will be their life. A merciful, non-judgmental life. In Jesus' name. Amen.